spoiler embargo when it comes to the Batman. Um, I'll save all of it, though. Except for one line I snuck in with Mary here. But you should have known that was happening. And I am... I could not be happier for this casting than any other major character in all of cinema. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I think like uh, Henry Cavill is just—he is the—he was born to be and look just like Superman. Um, this actor was born to play this role. If you've seen any of their movies, his or her. Um, specifically one with another actor who is in the Batman. If you're like, I completely agree, Eric. Um, I'll give you this. With the anger there was for the Heath Ledger casting 17 years ago, people should be the opposite, as excited for this person being cast in this role. Um, we'll talk Batman tomorrow with Alex. Um, today, Mary Bill, you food editor and Best of Toledo City Paper Award winner for Cheap Eats is on today's podcast. So lots of food over the next 30 minutes or so. And remember, there is some new, I call this companion content for the on-air show. Uh, there is companion content for this now, ericchaseblog.wordpress.com every weekday. But now my friend Mary from The Blade. Hi there. Hello. Hi there. Can you hear me? Is everything coming through for once? It's the phone. The phone always works. Okay. You're doubting me? Uh, we've had so many trouble uh, with so many pieces of equipment, particularly on my end, that I just, I never know for sure. No, the phone works fine. Everything else is, is as my mom would say, it's Meshuggah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, or or an oy vey. You said that very well. Or, or something like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't ditch all the Yiddish. It was burned into my earlobes from my, <laughs> from my mom and Grammys when I was a little boy. So how much can you speak or understand? Very little. Isn't that always the way? Yeah, just like I know like a, a handful of... I know a handful of enough to get me by in certain places and not so much in other places. Okay. So, um, that sounds fair. Congratulations on your Best of Toledo City Paper win for Cheap Eats. Thank you so much. I was so excited. Um, is this the first time you've you've won with Cheap Eats? Uh, we were runners up last year, so, so this is our first win, but so not our first placing. So you got the got the marketing committee out. The street team was out. They were using hashtags. They were putting up stickers on on street posts and everything, and it all paid off with a big victory. You know, it's so funny. You know, is is I I always ask for nominations, and I and I always feel uncomfortable doing it. But you know, it's there's no point in putting out the product, as you know, if no one's paying any attention to it. So you want to get that attention. You want to get that recognition, and. And then, of course, you can vote every day for like a month and a half, and I inevitably forget. And my friends ask me for reminders, and, and then I forget to do that, too. And the next thing I know, people have still cared enough to have voted us into that position. So I'm just, I'm just enormously thrilled and flattered and, and, and so grateful. I'd love to see the voting tallies and 
see some of the data. Not that we ever will. We'll find out how long aliens and UFOs have actually been here before we find out the actual totals <laughs> and tallies of the City Paper Best of uh, Best of Toledo Awards. Probably, but it's nice because every year there are new names. So, like I, you know, you had been um, in the running for Best Celebrity, Best Local Celebrity, which is very cool because because you've got the podcast, the radio. You're, you're involved in so many different kinds of projects. And again, that says that, that people are paying attention to you and that they care. Or I'm annoying. Or we're annoying. <laughs> no, we're not annoying. We're never annoying. Some might disagree. I, it, it is the... And I, they may, but that doesn't make them right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm only like knocking at 12%. It's the ultimate um, pat on the back or maybe even show a little... Um, aggressive humility if you win and if you lose it's like ah, eh, it didn't really matter a whole lot anyway you know i think it matters more than people let on because i mean it, it is it's a popularity contest yep um we you know we won't deny that but is it so terrible to be popular and to have people say we like you and we like what you're doing no not at all like like i i can I can take that 12% and rationalize it a negative way. Um, it's it's however you want to use it. Like if I wanted to, so the celebrity thing was interesting is is the way I would uh-huh. put it. Um, but yeah, it was the, an interesting category. There were titans in that category. A man who's got his name on places around. He had a golf tournament. Um, yeah. The only way I'm getting a golf tournament is if I pay for my name to be on it after I meet an untimely death when I'm 45. Um, I I could have don't jinx anything. <laughs> I I could have made a big st- I, I could have made a thing about it in any which direction. It's it's all in how you use it. But I'm I'm very glad mm-hmm. that that you won deservedly so because cheap eats is I mean it. I say this fully tongue in cheek with my tongue touching touching delicious food. It is it is an excruciatingly difficult job, and and some we appreciate you taking the arrows for have, having to go to all these places all year long. Is is this noble work or what? It I is. go around town eating well, making friends. It is it, to, having fun. Come on, to, somebody's got to do the dirty job. As we approach Passover and Easter, I will use an Old Testament analogy. In the same way that Moses had done his work and was not allowed into Jerusalem, once your work is over, that's it. You have fed the people, and they will go on to the Holy Land. There you go. (laughs) Now, speaking of food and Holy Land, there's a new sub place. How did the Philly subs rate? Oh, I didn't go over there yet. You haven't been. I haven't been. I know that I like to make a, a thing about things, but it's it's on my own time. And the last two weeks have been a whirlwind with like personal and professional stuff woven together. Um, mm-hmm. But I also, and I know it's a chain. Not that I take marks off for that. Um, I, you know, new places, and I we're kind of starting to see the shadow of the pandemic behind us, but. Um, it's, as you know, it is terribly unfair to rate specifically restaurants, um, over the last two years. Not that I think that it's going to be bad by any means, but even if there was no COVID or whatever, um, let a place get its bearings. Again, I know it's chain. Let, let them get their, their cheesesteak legs and I'll go out there on my own time. Okay. That's fair. Have you gone? Because a lot of times I've not had a chance to go yet. Um, but you're right. A, a lot of times the place opens and people are all excited and they go and then you get all the, the Yelp reviews. 
yeah, well, this is slow, or this person, you know, the waitress didn't 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 know about the the vegan menu options or whatever. Like, look, you know, they went through the crash course of training, and and they're having supply issues, and you just you kind of got to give them a break. We didn't, we we you didn't make it to the Cooper's Hawk uh, media event, right? No, I had been there in the morning because okay. I had um. Somebody else was covering the the opening of the restaurant. I had an interview scheduled that morning for a story I did about women sommelier, and um, and so then that afternoon I wasn't free to attend the media event. But you you can talk about this. Well, want- you got to go to to not that I think, but you went to to a dinner later on. Yeah, I I, I don't need, I only bring it up for the uh, for the point of our discussion here. Um, those restaurants and you you know more about these type of events than I do. I'm fortunate enough to be invited to a handful of them. Um, it's transactional. Um, we get a good mm-hmm. meal and um, we also get to maybe share some stuff, but people who might have a following myself, I guess, get to share some stuff and create some dialogue. And um, they did like three or four of those. So they get to run their wait staff and everybody that works there through dry runs and rehearsals. Um, places like the cheese thing. Yes, they, but that's really very much like a, the final dress rehearsal before opening night because you don't want to invite those those media bigwigs, um, not necessarily including myself in that, although I did get an invitation that I wasn't able to accept. Um, but the kind of people who are going to be going out and, and tweeting and sending, you know, posting on Instagram and and putting out videos and talking about this, you want to have everything down by the time those people who have the big followings come and are showing you off. You don't want them showing off any flaws. No, you're right. You're right. Um, my point was going to be that the, the cheesesteak yeah. places, they probably just invite some friends and family and maybe a couple other people. Whereas these restaurants, like like you said, make a big, t- it, it is like the, right before the, the curtains go up. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know about some of these other, like I, I'm going to guarantee you that, uh, what was that Philly place that we found on door near the university? Uh, crazy Philly. Yeah, I don't know if they had a lot of dress rehearsals. And granted, it was like the throes of the pandemic. It was pre-vaccine times, but um, yeah, my- they were they were there at a bad time. Yeah, my expectations are are less for places like that. But I will, I'll get over there eventually, and I'm I'm sure it'll be just fine. It's it's not home. I'm actually more curious to see people talk about it and what they call these things because people say Philly Philly cheesesteak, but. People around here, you know, they don't know what a hoagie is. No, there's subs, there's heroes, you know, there's a thousand different names. And in some cases, you can pick out where somebody's from based on what they call something. Yes, yes. And nobody here will call it a a hoagie. It'll be, can I have a sub? And they're just going to have to deal with that as people who live in this area working there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. What um, what stuff are you working on as we're slowly going to leave winter and hot soups behind us and we step into more spring fare? It's interesting that you should phrase it that way because uh, the first Sunday of the month is always dinner for one. And yes, so yesterday's recipe was for um, beautiful salmon with uh, maple syrup and mustard. And then it had pecans sprinkled on top and then you bake it. Um, and I chose it specifically because we're in sort of first fake spring, right? <laughs> or at least we were over the weekend. 
because you know there's a couple more fake springs coming before the real one. I know, I know, and, yeah. Um, and maple syrup, of course, the, the tapping has begun, the, the boiling of the syrup. This is maple syrup season, and salmon is such a pretty spring color, and I served it with greens um, that make you sort of remember that, you know, greenery will be coming back. And, and so that's the kind of thing, like you say, you know, you veer from the, the roasts and the stews and things and into to the, the lighter fare, you know, the produce is going to start coming in, rhubarb, asparagus, um, Easter, you noted, you know, Easter and Passover are coming, Ramadan is coming, the three are all going to kind of, kind of overlap a little bit. So it's, it's, it's an interesting spring this year. You know, I should have asked you this sooner. Um, I don't know if this has anything to do with um, World War Two and a half or something happened right after the Super Bowl and the commercial hit. Why are my avocados so expensive right now? Is is it just the time of the year they're out and they cost more? No, there were um, there were problems with with um, Mexican avocados and so they weren't being imported. Got it. But I think that that's resolved itself. Okay. Um, don't quote me on that. What what is the what is the avocado time of year where there's places where I can get like two for a dollar or they're, they're really inexpensive? What is, what is prime buying time for avocados? To be honest, I don't know because they're one of those, those, those fruits that you, you schlep up from Mexico or South America and you can really get them all year long. All right. So well, I can't really, I can't really, and I should be able to, but I really can't speak to what their, their prime season, like if you were going to get them in California season would be. Um, fair enough. I should have asked you that sooner. I, uh, if avocados are more than 75, <laughs> if they're more than 75 cents each, I'm not buying them unless I, okay. unless I need it for like a recipe or I'm, I'm craving it. I'm, I'm cheap when it comes to that. They're, they're wonderful fruits, vegetables, whatever you want to call them. I love putting them on my salad. They're so, for me, they're very versatile for how I eat. But mm-hmm. when, when we're looking at like a dollar a pop, absolutely not. This not, this Jew is not spending on avocados for that. <laughs> Well, you know, too, there's, there's, there's great possibility of waste. Avocados and pears and bananas. Like, you watch them, you watch them, they're firm, they're green, they're firm, they're green. There's about a 10-minute window yeah. when they're perfect, and then they're shot. Yes. And so do you really want to spend a lot of money if life is going to get in the way and you're not going to get to it for dinner tonight or for breakfast tomorrow? And you, you, you've blown that whole dollar. Which may not sound like a lot, but, you know, if you're buying a couple of them at a time, you were planning on making guacamole or something, you know, it adds up. You're exactly right. Um, I time my avocados from when I buy them to when I plan to use them. And if, like, mm-hmm. per se, I would normally have one on a salad for dinner tomorrow night and it's almost ripe, maybe I will put it in the fridge to slow down its ripening. Um, I probably time how I go about my avocados like some women are trying to time their bodies to get pregnant. There we go. That's an analogy I've not heard before. Well, <laughs> I take my avocado. I take my. Hey, look, I take my avocados very seriously. Um, and and if by I I had to have one and I spent a buck on it, or even if it was a giant one for a dollar fifty or two dollars, I I I am not going to waste an avocado. And with my analogy, I'm more accurate when it comes to getting a delicious and ripe avocado than I am an apple. In fact, so much so I've just stopped buying apples because every time I'll slice it open and there's brown in there, I just want to throw it and curse. Yeah, and that's that's one where it, it's difficult to tell. 
because it's often in the center. It's not like yep. there's a bruise or that it's softened. Yep, 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 yep. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting that you, you point out about, you know, timing the avocados, because if you go to farmer's markets, um, that's the kind of thing, you know, you, you get that personal relationship uh, with the people who are growing your food. And so if you're saying, you know, I'm going to be serving these berries, let's say, um, tonight, you know, these are the ones that are at their prime. But if you're going to be serving them, say, tomorrow or whatever, you know, they may guide you to, to a different basket of berries or depending upon what use you have for them. If you're going to be making jam versus putting them just fresh on a salad or dipping them in chocolate. Um, so it's important to have those kinds of relationships and to know your food. I, I never have struck up um, when I'll eat stuff with a vendor, but it's something that I should definitely add to my repertoire. And yes, it is. I, you know, well, it's the same thing as like with honey. You know, if you go down the farmer's market and you go and there's a vendor in particular um, who's got all the different varieties and seasons and colors of honey. So you've got the early spring honey that's, that's almost the color of, you know, like a like a light apple juice. And you go through the, the summer and it gets darker. And in the fall, the honey can look almost like molasses. So again, what are you using this for? Are you using this for your Rosh Hashanah honey cake? And and is it going to be, is there coffee in the honey cake and orange? So you really want a strong, almost like a buckwheat type of honey to, to be able to, to have that flavor shine through all of that? Or do you want something light that you're just going to be drizzling on toast or putting in a latte? You know, it, it all depends how you're going to use it, which variety you want to buy. I, I prefer a different honey for a different time of year. Oh, you're talking about the food. I, I was talking about a woman. Never mind. Um, some other things. Um, yeah. Did you uh, participate in anything Restaurant Week oriented? It looked like it was massively successful, at least from the volume of posts I saw. It, it's a huge success. It's, it's such a huge thing here. Um Toledo loves to eat out. Yeah, and they so, do. <laughs> you know, so restaurant week is, is wonderful. And they have a little of something for everybody. You know, so you could go to Brew Coffee Bar and get a dollar Americano. You are allowed one, one dollar special each day per customer. And if that's really all you could afford, you could still participate for that dollar. And while it doesn't seem like much, if you can figure, you know, that that maybe 10 other customers came by for that that day and 15 other customers came by to get the 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 jar the jar cup of, uh, cupcakes in a jar and a coffee which maybe cost I forget off the top of my head let's say $7 all of that every one of those dollars adds up to support the the you know the store but it also then goes on to support leadership Toledo which invests in our youth and in our city. Um, so you could go have the big splashy steak dinner at Nancy's and really turn it into a celebration. You could have had, you could, I was joking with Anna Tony, I ran into her at Jira's Heavenly Sweet Bakery the other day, that you could plot out a chart of, you know, breakfast, coffee break, lunch, mid-afternoon break, dinner, and maybe drinks or something, times seven days, and you could have hit every single place if you wanted to. 
My, uh, and go to a different place for each one of those meals. My my friend that does the meal preps for me, uh, he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't map out his route for deliveries. He lets an algorithm do it. And next year, I'll have to tell him that he should map out an algorithm for restaurant week. Like, there depending on what zip code you live in, you know, go this route. If you live in Lambertville or if you live in South Toledo, go this route. Because you're right. And I think Anna, when I had her on a couple weeks ago, said there was like 37 or 38 restaurants. It yeah. felt like from all it was the, a good year. It felt like from all the posts I saw, it was way more than that. But it looked like everybody had a good time, and I don't know. I I've been. I'll, I'll take your temperature on this for my intents mm-hmm. and purposes. And I don't mean to be too insensitive, just a little insensitive. The pandemic's over now. I know that like there hasn't been a big like government deal, whether it's from the CDC or whoever, and maybe that's good because every time they had tried to say something, it was messaged poorly, but this is endemic and it's back out in the world as evidenced yesterday by the massive amount of people at Acoustics for Autism. So party up, party out. There you go. There you go. But what was nice about Restaurant Week 2 is that there's a a variety of cuisines. You know, there there was Japanese food, there was Lebanese food, um... There were, you know, little, and they're all locally owned places, but there were, like I say, you know, the really fancy places, there were casual coffee shops. Um, truly, there, there, there was such a variety that it, they, they really did a nice job on it. Yeah, yeah There they was did. something for everybody. It's, to me, on a, on a more serious note, I mean, I think <laughs> everybody ties something back to COVID in one way or another. And I remember two years ago, um, as this was ramping up and we, we, we went like within six weeks from, oh, it's just the flu in Asia too. Oh, this is a big deal. Uh, and right. and the, the L word came into everybody's vernacular. Like all these events were just tumbling away. Like, cause this is the time of year, at least I call this drinking season. Um, yeah. because we had, um, restaurant we kicks off uh glass city wine fest beer fest it doesn't appear to be coming back but we have um yeah, aco- I haven't seen anything. acoustics for autism uh you get like a week break and then st patrick's day and then there's a handful of other couple things opening day so all these things that are like okay. staples on the calendar of, of spring or well late fall fall spring one um went away yeah. went away a couple years ago and we're only kind of partially back last year and I think some of the volume of what I saw from Restaurant Week is people having very much an attitude of, of like I've had. So, but not that that's bad by any means. Well, I think I think this year because people had the vaccines and they had boosters and places were open for dine in, but you could still, if you were being more cautious, you could still do takeout. Um, it's almost as though, and I say this as somebody who's still wearing a mask. I mean, people are getting a little complacent. Um, cause I know people who've been vaccinated and boosted and still are getting sick. Um, but like you say, two years ago, there was just this impending doom and there was this, this, this fear. We, we didn't, we didn't have a, a grip on it. We didn't understand it. Um, and it was so dire. And last year, like you say, there was, things were tentative, but we were only just starting to get the vaccines. And so people felt much more comfortable. They felt freer. And this was this was like you know springtime like coming out party you know yeah. to be able to to do this because I remember two years ago in the newsroom you know because especially in features we work um, a little bit ahead and so like 
I had written a story about chili to promote the Mobile Meals Chili Cook-Off. And Cancels. people had written stories about the, you know, the different productions coming to the Stranahan. Cancels. And for days, we were just yelling across the newsroom, you know, Mobile Meals is canceled. This is canceled. And we had to find some sort of story, some sort of something. I had to rewrite a couple mm-hmm. of stories in order to have something to fill those pages. I mean, it was just, it was this landslide of cancellation. And Restaurant Week did go on that year. I know that they yeah. had they had very serious concerns and they weren't sure how they were going to do it, but they did it. You know, much to their credit and to the credit of all of those local restaurants that that still supported the cause. And so, so this this past week was just a celebration. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it hasn't really been spoken much of because there's there's Ukraine stuff happening and gas prices, yeah. and I'm not mad that COVID has really taken a back back seat um, so we can look at some other things. Although um, there is somebody that we both know that is is arguably the person keeping COVID alive um, and that's Caitlin Durbin. Really? Caitlin is single-handedly preventing us from getting past the pandemic because every time I see one of her tweets, she's fighting COVID off again. Oh my God. And I tease her and I'm glad she can take it lightly or take it well because yeah. um, she's very upset that, that, that she can't finally ditch COVID. Like she keeps getting it. Like some people have allergies. I'm like, come on, we want to wrap this thing up and you're holding us up, Caitlin. Oh my God. Poor thing. Yeah. 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 It's like, it, you know, like you hear about people having long COVID where the, the symptoms continue, but it's almost as though she has chronic COVID. Yes, my uh, my family back. And I wonder if that's a thing that's not just her, and that's something that we're not hearing about. It's very possible. My uh, my family back home, my brother, his girl, and their their infant and her older son all got it <laughs> again. Oh um, no! Now, it was just like a bad cold. But yeah, there are some people that are holding us up. But um, uh, let me move on here. We. We wasted a topic a month or so ago when we were talking ice cream because all the ice cream places opened up last week. Oh, man. I keep seeing announcements. Mellow Cream's open. Pete's Barn is open. Mr. G's Barn. All these places are open. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we... It's a good time. It is. It is. I know it's, it's a sign of... The eternal hope of spring, and knock on wood, maybe we'll only have one false spring, and the next time it'll be here to stay, or at least we won't have How any long more. Have you lived here? <laughs> I know, I know, but look, here's my here's my crazy ass theory. One, the universe, or at least our part of it, owes us something because everybody's been locked up for two years. Two. Mm-hmm. Since there's a major league baseball lockout right now, mostly because yeah. the owners don't really make any money in April while kids are in school and half the games are played on a 48 degree Tuesday night. Um, I I think we're going to have a beautiful April where the owners are like, damn it, we could add people at the stadiums. Well, it would serve them right, wouldn't it? Uh, A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, But you know, there's another topic you had mentioned, um, the spring holidays, and I'm going to veer a little bit here and St. Patrick's Day. So, you know, the the drinking season, St. Patrick's Day is coming. Now, I know not everybody is going to get this because most people don't know what Purim is. But do you know that Purim starts sundown on Wednesday, which means Purim? 
where it's legend that you're supposed to drink so much you can't tell the difference between the good guy Mordecai and the bad guy Haman. Well, Forum that, overlaps with St. Patty's Day this year. Yeah, well, that that would mean that everybody, <laughs> everybody in Toledo would be uh, abiding by this Old Testament story because <laughs> some, right. somebody had the audacity or the ignorance a couple weeks ago on the Toledo Reddit page to say, does anybody know of anything social to do here besides drinking? And he, oh, he got what was coming to him, uh, or she did. But um, I always overlook Purim, and then I forget, it's arguably, in my opinion, it is the best-tasting holiday of all the Jewish holidays, because those homentoshans are delicious. All right, what's your favorite flavor? I'll take almost any of them, as long as it's... Good answer. I mean, they're all some kind of sugary, jelly, fruit nonsense. Don't some people even use chocolate? Uh, yes. I mean, it's it's funny. I like in the Hamantaschen and the, the Punchki because they come from the same general area. And so for both, the, the prune and the poppy seed um, are the, the, you know, the old school um, original flavors. And the, the old timers, those are what they like. And then you've got the people who are making, you know, Punchki with pineapple fillings or strawberry cheesecake filling. And they're doing the same thing with the Hamantaschen. I mean, I've seen everything from, you know, from um, Samoas, you know, with the caramel and the coconut and the chocolate, um, all, all different kinds of varieties. So they used to be sort of all fruity, but they don't have to be anymore. People are really going all out. And I, I don't want to do the story right now, but you, you said a couple, you said Mordecai, he was the good guy. Haman yes. was the bad guy. And correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in what makes what we have just, one of the coolest religions ever. Isn't the Hamantaschen, the shape of the cookies and the shape of the bad guy's hat? Uh, hat or ears, depending upon <laughs> whom you ask, yeah. I always love that story. And you get to dress up and you get to make noise to drown the out noise the noise. The noisemakers, yes. Like kids just love it. They get cookies, they get to stomp and, and use noisemakers. It's so much fun. But I find it interesting that you think that that's the good a good food holiday because the Hamantaschen are really the only thing I associate. I mean, you know, there's there's talk that that Esther couldn't get kosher food, so she only ate, you know, vegan nuts and seeds and things like that. Um, but like, I immediately think of like Rosh Hashanah with the honey cakes and the round challah and and all the sweetness. And like, I think of that as more of a food holiday. I don't eat, ever usually really think about this one as a food holiday. You can eat challah anytime Even you if want, I make though. The cookies. I'm sorry? You can eat challah anytime you want and kugel and all the other, but but if you whip out, well, some, if you whip out some hamantaschen on a July 4th party, we're all going to look at you funny. Well, this is very true. I don't dispute that. Um, with that, next month, we'll, uh, I, I think, um, Passover is the 15th or so, and that'll be a little bit like a week after, so we, we record. Um, we should mm-hmm. tell the story of Passover. Okay. Are you are you good with that? Yeah, we can do that. Um, I'm gonna make a note of that. Yeah, because there are times people ask me to tell it, and I was like, uh, eight days matzah and uh, some other <laughs> Watch stuff. The Ten Commandments. <laughs> What's uh, yeah, exactly. Well, um, I, and we we could modernize it if we wanted to. I mean, um, there you go. You got to make it relevant. Um, I mean, who who could who would play Moses now? Oh, gee. Um, 
I stumped you? Oh God, I don't know. All right, well hold, um, well, hold on. We can come. We'll, we have a month to figure that out. Um, all right, I, we'll, we'll do the casting and the story. I just thought of a last-second topic, but I want to, and I'll, I'll save the controversial topic for this time of year. Well, eh, it's leading up to it uh, for a moment. So, okay. uh, cats. I go to a lot of movies. Uh, pandemic be damned. You do. Batman is on my list of things to talk to you about today. We're not doing, we can't do that today. Unless you just want like a, a tweet length version of it. Or unless you have a specific question. No. Just I know that you had your own personal embargo like I have on Bake Off. And it had been lifted today. So I, yes. I figured I would put it on my list. The Joker's at the end of it. And that's the end of what I'll say there. Um, okay. Do you like, how are you when you go to movies? And I don't think we've talked about this. Are do you, when you go to the movies, are is the food part of the experience? Um, I have always like once or twice a year we do a how can we make the movies better topic, and one I keep coming back to is for God's sakes, please serve better food rather than charging me eight fifty for chicken tenders that would have cost me a dollar to bring from home. Now I admit I've not been to the movies in quite some time. I used to when I was younger. I used to go see. Everything, like everything, the foreign movies, the blockbusters, you name it, I saw it. And um, over the years, I've just thought it's, there's, just, there's so little that's worth my, my time and my money. Okay. So um, I'm very far behind in movies. I think the last time I was in the theater, Craig and I went to see the, the filmed production of Kinky Boots. Okay. Um, so... And I do remember that I wanted I wanted candy, and they had a bunch of like Sour Patch this and Sour Patch that. I'm like, I don't want all those stupid sour candies. And and I was disappointed. I don't want to eat dinner at the movies, though. I don't want chicken nuggets and pizza and all that stuff. That just seems like do dinner in a movie or movie in a dinner. But I don't want dinner in the theater and to hear people unwrapping and chewing and all that. That just seems to me just not not the appropriate venue for the chicken nuggets. How's that? I don't. I don't really go to like weekend theaters or, I mean, it was busy to see Batman on Wednesday night. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm not the Friday, Saturday night movie type. And I bet you maybe think of something because I have been with people um, who I won't go with anymore. Or I have been around people who for half the movie, half the movie ate. And I never realized Mm -hmm. until I got crankier, like that's a lot of rustling. (laughs) Like I didn't come here to listen to, to watch the movie and listen to you eat. Perhaps they should do like, Eating and non-eating theaters. That could be, but then somebody else's eating is going to bother you, even though you're making just as much noise. Well, now you just make me want to stay home. <laughs> I uh, mean, I do grant that there are movies that that really warrant being seen on the big screen. You know, not not like you know an, an intimate love story, but like the the big. You know, sci-fi, splashy, CGI that's never done very well as far as I'm concerned kind of stuff deserves to be seen on the big screen. It deserves, Also, the movies are way too loud. Yeah. Every time, like every time I've been to the movies, I'm like, I've got my fingers in my ears and it's still too loud. Yeah, there's a couple of filmmakers uh, that, that do that to me um, and I just try to avoid them. And I, I have a friend, he is a film wonk. Um, mm-hmm. he almost like literally unfriended a, me and another guy. We talk about movies because we didn't go see Dune in the theaters, um, because it was made to be in the theaters. 
But well, that's, see, that's one that I would say should really be seen properly in the theater. Not that I have seen it, but I would that would that would be on my list of things that should be seen there. It was just fine on my couch. Okay. So as much as I'm a, a, a movie nerd, like I can watch stuff at home. You know, because mm-hmm. one benefit to watching... How big is your TV? 60 inches, 65. Okay, and see, that makes a difference too. I can lay You're down. You're having a I can, bigger screen experience. Right. the big, big screen experience. Right. Um... I can lay down. I can go to the bathroom if I please. The food is free. I can pet the dogs. So I don't like. Well, as I say, the dogs get to watch too. Exactly. Um, Why? Is there any movie that's on your radar you would like to go to? Um, I would like to see Cyrano. Okay. But I'll just wait until I can watch that on TV. I'm not going to go to the theater and pay 20 bucks for that. If you, I don't know if movies still do like $5 Tuesdays or whatever. But if you went, if you had time in the middle of the day, I can almost guarantee you'd have the theater by yourself uh, to that. Mm-hmm. So just an Probably, option. Probably, yeah. Um, last question. And okay. I'll, I'll even allow you to defer to um, next month when we have Easter. But where are you with peeps? Not a fan. Um, they're fun to play with. They're fun to pay like <laughs> like you know make make dioramas with. Right. But but they're they're not food. And I've I've heard people the the real aficionados say no, you got to leave them out. You got to make them stale. They're just Aren't they... crunchy and taste bad instead of being soft and squishy and taste bad. <laughs> but I just I don't like them. I don't like the. The contrast of the sandy sugar with the the gooey marshmallow, and I right. don't like the flavor. It's so artificial. There's just they're they're cute. They're adorable. I have a, a shirt that's got peeps on it. I've got earrings that have peeps on them. I I don't want to eat them. Fair enough. How about you? Um, I I don't revile them. Like to me, they don't violate anyone's existence. Um, mm-hmm. but they're not up there with candy corn. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> like I, 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 I still have candy corn left over from Halloween, and every couple of weeks, I'll take a couple of pieces. Um, I thought well, people still have it. Oh my god, it, I, I can't have it in the house because even though it's just nothing but like glucose, I, I just inhale it if it's anywhere near me. I put it in a cabinet. I don't often go into. But you know it's there. No, I don't. It's like Girl Scout cookies. Nope. I, I, I try to put them in the freezer. Oh, we'll save these. We'll save these. Yeah. Yeah, they're going like in three days. Nope. I I willpower and discipline are are shadowy things. Um mm-hmm. some would say I have a lot of it. I'm just strategic with myself. I put it in a cabinet I rarely ever go into, so I forget it's there. I should do that with my whiskey and my carbs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um what uh what stories are you working on? Uh, I'm working on a bunch of stories. Um, National Beer Day is coming up, so we're going to cook and bake with beer. Okay. Um, I haven't quite decided how it's coming about yet, but uh, Ramadan begins on the evening of April 2nd. First Seder is, I believe, Friday the 15th, and Easter is uh, Sunday the 17th, so there's got a major overlap with all of those major holidays. Um, I'm in the process of working on a story about Ukrainian food, but that's 
It, it hasn't quite gelled yet. Sure. I don't know if I'm going to do Ukrainian Easter. Easter is a very, very big thing. Um, or if I'm going to talk more generally uh, about Ukrainian food um, and how it differs from that of its neighbors. So that that's a work in progress. Okay. Anybody who would like to hit me up about Ukrainian food, I'm, I'm still looking for people to talk to. I like the latter topic. Just I, I, I have no idea what I would eat in... Um... In Ukraine, although I will tell you this, I mm-hmm. it's right up there with cottage cheese. I've had cold borscht before, and it is disgusting. Was it beet-based? Because everybody thinks yes. of it as a beet soup, but it's not always made with, with beet. Yes, and I had the warm kind first, and then I was given the cold mm-hmm. kind at another time, yeah. and I was like, you told me you were giving me borscht. This is disgusting. <laughs> Are you a fan of beets, though? No. You got to kind of like beets to go in and like borscht. No, no. But the, the <laughs> col- like, it's right up there with cottage cheese. It looks ugly. It feels ugly. It tastes ugly. <laughs> so, well, uh, thanks for the visit today. Oh, it's always fun. Always fun. And I will, I'm double dipping with you. Will I see you tonight for the uh, programming meeting? Yes, indeed. Awesome. All right. Well, then I will uh, see you tonight at like seven o'clock or so, okay? I guess something like that. All right. Okay, bye. Have a good afternoon. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye.